On September 20th, 1979, the Clash bassist, Paul Simonon, smashed his Fender Precision bass against the stage of the Palladium during a concert in New York City. His violent outburst was an expression of his frustration with the concert's bouncers, who refused to let the audience members stand up from their seats. Quote, I wasn't taking it out on the bass guitar because there ain't anything wrong with it, explained Simonon in a 2011 interview with Fender. The moment was photographed by Penny Smith, who initially believed the picture was too blurry to be used for anything. Smith was wrong about this one, as the now iconic image went on to be the cover artwork for The Clash's third studio album, and was named the best rock and roll photograph of all time by Q Magazine in 2002. The Clash's third album was a saving grace for the band, who was suffering from high debt and a lack of management at the time. The album hit the top 10 in the UK, and its lead single, which shares its name with the album, hit the uh, number 11 spot on the charts. The single depicts an apocalyptic present inspired by the Daily News, which frontman Joe Strummer tuned into regularly. Quote, I read about 10 news reports in one day calling down all variety of plagues on us, said Strummer. Mick Jones composed the music for the single with the idea of mirroring a news report. Once we had most of the words down, I began creating music to fit the rhythm of the lyrics. I wanted the urgency of a news report, said Jones. The end result is a timeless classic, which Rolling Stone calls the 15th greatest song of all time. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame also lists this as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. That's right, this week on Cover Me, we're talking London Calling by The Clash. London Calling to the faraway towns Now war is declared and battle come down London Calling to the underworld Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls that's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one will give me a smile after all this. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my co-host by the river, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, how is life by the river? Wet, I guess? We actually had a bunch of like hail and rain and stuff last night. There was some flooding in the city. Yeah, not, not for I us. saw that. Yeah. Um... People were. I saw a lot of videos of people like driving into big puddles, which I'm I'm told is bad. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, I don't think you should. I saw pictures. I think it was like northbound Deerfoot or something, and it was like it was pretty much flooded. Yes, that's what I've been told. Yeah, but I don't need it's... to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Especially what not were y'all doing weekend. out there anyway. So lucky for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my whole time in Calgary, you know, people always told stories about like golf ball sized hail. Never, never in the Northwest. Never. No. Hit me. Like, <laughs> I don't know weather patterns or whatever. It it blows past or or around the Northwest, which is where we always lived, and then yeah, just fucking destroys everything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Calgary at the moment, just just giving her another flood. When was the last one? Twenty fourteen. That was the big one. Yeah. Um I'm sure there's been flooding since then, like a little bit. I don't know. Anyway. What's going, what's going on the on the coast this week? No. No, yeah. Skip my thing. It was dumb. What was you were gonna ask about coats? Coast. That's coast. where you live. The coast. Um, you know, protests and stuff. We're keeping it real out here in Vancouver. Yeah. Just regular ass rain. It like rains in the mornings here and then midday. It's just like yeah, it's summertime, baby. Rains in the morning, lets up in the afternoon. Yeah. So that's a Wayne's World reference. Is it? I think it might be a Wayne's World 2 reference, actually. Mm. 
Yeah. Did probably... Wayne's Brothers ever do like a parody of that just called Wayne's World? I'm going to say no, but okay. I could not tell you why. Sox, so, we're talking about The Clash this week, punk rock band from London. Um, this this song is listed on Wikipedia as being anti-police slash anti-authoritarian, and so that's partially why we're talking about it, because you know, recent protests in the States and also some here in mm-hmm, Canada, mm-hmm. which I am in full support of, and I figured we'd talk about these guys, because we're white, so we can comfortably talk about a white group and act as experts. Yes. If there's anyone we should talking about it's the clash yes um so you and i were both there in the uk in the 70s right there in hyde park yeah that's yeah right there in hyde park alex you a big the clashman um not really i like this song i like them like i don't i don't not like them you know um i don't really know them very much though other than this and like rock the casbah yeah, and uh, should I stay or should I go? And I guess of course, so. I fought the law. Um, um, yeah, I fought the law. Why didn't I think of that one? Well, it's not actually like by them. I guess it's also a good one, but mm. it's not a Clash song. They just play it. It's just a Clash classic. Clash classic. Sick. Yeah, it's uh, similarly to you, Alex. I like I know the Clash hits, and I'm like, hey, these are pretty good. And it's also similar to like Nirvana, and that I like I understand that they're a, a big deal, but they're so played on the radio. Like there's been so much of them that it's just they kind of blend into the rock and roll like landscape. I'm just like, no, oh, yeah, it's the Clash. Like, yeah, yeah I guess I, I am trying to listen to more like punk and stuff because I have kind of not done mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I was a late bloomer for punk. I didn't get into it until like my early twenties. So I did. I put on like their first album, but I might just skip to. To to this one, I haven't listened the album through yet, but I feel like that's kind of next steps. Right, yeah. So this is yeah, this album, in particular London Calling, is a big one in terms of their shift in sound. It, apparently, there are some some shifts on the second album, but this is them really stepping towards like reggae and some post punk and other inspirations rather than just being straight punk. Right, right. Which is. I remember hearing a lot, like, um, people complaining about fan reactions to, you know, to bands changing and and talking Mm. about that in the context of The Clash. And they'd say, like, oh, well, they got better because, you know, they started out as this this punk group that, you know, garage punk whatever thing. And then when they started incorporating, like, more different styles in, people were maybe less enthusiastic about that at least in like the purest kind of punk right uh, mindset and I, I don't know how true that is i've always heard it um but yeah this is that this is them getting better yeah, this i guess is them moving that way yeah it's crazy because this album is wildly successful yeah and, uh, and it was some... like well received at the time too mhm cuz it was it was considered supposedly it, it won some like in the UK, someone called it one of the best albums of the 70s because it was released right at the end of 79. Mm-hmm. And then in the United States, because it was released at the beginning of 1980, because there was just a delay, um, it was called one of the best albums of the 80s. So it, it was received well, quickly. Yeah, that was again, Rolling Stone called it uh, best album of the 80s. 
And yeah, people are like, oh, it came out in 79. They're like, it was, came out in the 80s here. <laughs> so yeah, this is a, like a huge success for them. And uh, I wonder if that's, again, who are these people, these naysayers? Are they the majority? Or are they just a, like a vocal minority being like, oh, we miss it when it was just three chords and the bass <laughs> playing the root And note. the truth. Yeah, and the truth. Got rid of the truth and added ska. <laughs> Yeah, especially since that's like such a natural combination. Like it's it's I I struggle to see what people would have issue with. When you say a natural combination, do you mean punk and ska? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean nowadays it seems obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was too new back then. The kids I though. So. The kids loved it. The kid yeah, the their kids are gonna love it. Apparently they, they loved it too, uh based on the sales. I don't know. Yeah, based on the sales, you I would think. Know. Yeah. Should we get talking about the lyrics on this one, Alex? Yeah, we should. It's a lot. Now, this one is, uh, again, I underestimated the clash here. I was like, ah, it's a punk song. It's going to be like, you know, fuck the police. Cops suck. Being poor is kind of tight sometimes. But <laughs> there's like, this is so like dense with actual references to news events. Yeah, a lot of It took me like things. an hour just to get through everything. <laughs> Well, let's get going then. All right. So, London Calling to faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. So, London Calling is uh, was used by the BBC World Service Station to identify self- themselves in broadcasts during World War II. So they would broadcast to like occupied countries and be like, "This is London Calling." So, like, is that like that barely even sounds like that sentence barely even makes sense to me? Because mm-hmm. it's it's very like old fashioned way of looking at TV. So like that's just how they started international broadcasts, so people would know who it was. Like, yeah, like, well, like we think, don't do that. It it was the BBC. Yes, yeah. like if, if you were tuned into the BBC, did they not have the little logos on the bottom? Did we not maybe know how to not superimpose shit? I don't know. Maybe we maybe we couldn't. Sure, yeah, we that could is, to it, some it is, degree. So bananas that know. until you pointed it out right now, and I should have understood this, but I was picturing a radio. Because <laughs> that makes sense to it me. It sounds like, I mean, when they say calling, right? Because I guess, like, mm-hmm. for me, it would be like a phone call, but there's also the sense of calling is just, like, going to see someone? Or I don't know the exact definition, but you know what I'm talking right. about. Right, yeah, yeah, like you're like, making who called? A, uh... when you say someone called, then they, like, came and tried to talk to you, like, at your door. At your door, yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know, they they hit the knocker or pulled the bell string. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it sounds old fashioned. That's why the the term is phone call, right? Because it's a specific type of call. It's not the regular call. So this is not that. This is just. So this is like you were saying before. They're trying to make it seem like a a broadcast. Yeah, a news broadcast. A news broadcast. Kind of. Because, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound... Obviously, they're not using, like, a broadcasting voice. But they're kind of adapting. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, uh, what is it, Once in a Lifetime, where he was, like, specifically imitating... Or was that just for the music video? He was imitating hand gestures. I mean, the hand gestures were in the music video. Yeah. The way he was talking was still the, like, preacher style. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the way he was, t- talking was, still supposed was specifically to be, like, based English. on that. But this, I think, and again, he was talking about the music specifically with the uh, the urgency of a news broadcast. 
Right. And there's other things that create urgency. We'll talk about that in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, right. now war is declared and battle come down. Uh, like so many songs we talk about on Cover Me, this is during the Cold War. Yes. Yes, it uh, was. Yeah. And so what, what could be worse than actual war being declared and battle coming down? This is a real, like, to really break this one down, it's like, shit has hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. The tension is broke. The Cold War has turned hot. It's fucking going. But it also says, next, come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. Yes. Um, wait, well, London, London calling, to, calling the to the underworld. Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. And supposedly the cupboard is referring to, like, bunkers. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to come out of the bunkers if the war is going on? Or maybe it's because they're calling them to go to war? Yeah. It seems to be a call to, you got to take care of shit out here. There's no time to hide in the cupboards, which was, yeah, both a reference to fallout shelters and literal, uh, like, training or, like, videos they had that was like, hey, kids, jump in the cupboard if the nuclear bombs drop. It's like the, like in the Iron Giant, when they're watching the the video, it tells them Mm -hmm. to go under their desks, and then the- Duck and cover. (laughs) And then the bomb hits, and, like, everything's a- Everything's destroyed, but just the, like, column of earth reaching up to the desk. <laughs> Good visual. Um, yeah, it's like that, but you, you come out. And, yeah, the underworld is uh, could be a reference to underground subway stations. A lot of this I'm actually this week pulling from Genius because they seem to have done an okay job. There's, like, so much more detail that isn't really, like, it's there, but you need the, the cultural or the historical context or it just doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Exactly. Um, so yeah, this one seems to be a call, a reference to nuclear war and a call to sort of rise up, like get out from your hiding spots, come out from the underworld, uh, you had had a fucking job to do. Yeah, and I guess, I say it doesn't make any sense, but that's not entirely true because it, like, you don't know that, need to know that the specifics for it to kind of make some, like he's, he's saying cupboard and underworld, those aren't specific things, so you can understand just based on what the words mean kind of get the gist mm-hmm. of it anyway yeah like there's a lot of historical significance behind them but yeah. at a base level we we can understand what an underworld is and how one might hide in a cupboard yeah and what one might need to do based on the context once out of said cupboard mm-hmm. now um, london the calling? next line on the other hand <laughs> or yeah, sorry now, the next couple lines next couple here london calling now don't look to us Phony Beatlemania has bitten the dust. Yes, now, don't look to us, don't look to me. The phrase, you know, just means I I don't have yeah. the answer. I'm not a hero, I'm not a savior. Yeah. Forget what you know. <laughs> exactly. Callback. All right. Call uh, back. <laughs> uh, which I can definitely see that, like, especially for a group like The Clash, who was considered this, like, counterculture, they're this punk group. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people were looking, I would suspect, to them as to be kind of like leaders of some sort of like a resistance kind of revolution thing, even if it's just a cultural revolution. But they are saying here, we don't know what we're doing either. (laughs) Like, Yeah, it's like we're not leaders. leaders. We we never intended to be leaders. We just are fucking, you know, working class British people who started playing punk rock music. And now y'all like us. Yeah. And then Beatlemania, of course. Uh, Beatlemania mm. referring to the enthusiastic response from legions of fans to the band The Beatles, which at this point was 
probably more than a decade before this was recorded in 1979. So like the Beatles, yeah. I don't know how long what you would what would consider to be Beatlemania like lasted, but as I understand the band or some band members have said like we liked the Beatles, but we didn't like that because of the Beatles everyone started sounding like the Beatles. Yeah, um, there's actually a Mick Jones quote here on Genius. He says, The line about phony Beatlemania biting the dust was aimed at all the touristy sound-alike rock bands in London in the late 70s. We were fans of the Beatles, the Who, and the Kinks, but we wanted to remake all of that. We wanted London Calling to reclaim the raw, natural culture. So then, I guess I would take that kind of in combination with the previous line. Like, maybe we destroyed Beatlemania, but like that's all we did. Like, or, yeah. or work to move past that. Like, like that's it. This, this is all serious stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. There's also whether it might be coincidence or it might just be another layer to this. There right. was a musical produced called Beatlemania. Oh, that's right. That was running. It actually just wrapped up in October of 1979, I believe. So like two months before this album and song right. dropped. So whenever the song was written, it would have been like around that time, probably. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, yeah, it, the genius annotation mentions that punk itself was sort of a response to like prog rock music with its, you know, heavy solos and all this shit. And that like later era Beatles leans more towards progressive music than its sort of simple rock and roll origins. Right. With, although, like, to that end to go off topic a little bit i i mm-hmm. get that and i agree with it but also if you look at like abbey road as much as this like the second half is kind of all leads together like you might expect in a in a progressive rock uh environment mm-hmm. it's all like individual songs like it's, <laughs> they're like quick yeah not even necessarily like super meaningful like like songs that because i mean Prog rock can be so dense. It's not that really, but anyway, that's just. Oh, yeah, that's you're looking at the later half of there, a lot of those songs don't even make it to the two minute mark. Yeah, so I don't know. It just it. That's not how I've taken it, but maybe that's maybe they're looking at more like the White Album or something. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of the Beatles as prog rock. Really? Yeah, not particularly. <laughs> but I can see how they might have inspired it. They inspired yeah. a lot of things. Fair and exactly. Beatles did bring a lot to the world. So yeah, phony Beatlemania is bit in the dust. Is uh, the the it also relates to the next line, which is London calling. See, we ain't got no swing right. except for the ring of that truncheon thing. Swing being likely a reference to the swinging sixties. Just the idea of like, honestly, I'm struggling to describe it. I wasn't around in the sixties, but there's this like hard partying idea. Yeah, like this good like, times and this, good sexy times. Yeah, this loose sexy freeness. Swinging is slang for being lively, exciting, fashionable, and sexually promiscuous. Apparently, that was around a lot in London in the sixties, but not anymore. They're saying that's over. The only swing mm-hmm. we have, and I really like this play on words. Yeah. The only swing we have is like the truncheons that that the police hit people with. Like this. Yeah. Th- <laughs> All we've got is getting beat the shit out of by the cops. Yeah, so ain't got no swing except for the ring of that truncheon thing. I also like the 
the like non-specific nature of it. He's like, it's like the the is the whatever the thing they have. It's the truncheon thing. It's so, a truncheon thing, and like truncheon is the word. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's almost like uh, it almost feels like a line from uh, like Scott Pilgrim. It's the way they talk. It's the, the whatever the thing or whatever you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just almost like, like when you when you know the exact term for something, but you feel like knowing that makes you will like make you uncool with whoever you're talking to. So you you drop like thing at the end to yeah. pretend like you're not sure. You're yeah, like, exactly. Oh yeah, I like that fucking truncheon thing. Don't want to sound like a like a you're do you know giving a speech or a lecture or something. Like you know, it's the it's the like osprey. Or whatever, like I don't know about bird types. <laughs> I'm not exactly. some kind of some kind of bird loser. Yeah. What? No. Which, yeah, bad attitude, but I get it. I do yeah. it. So that's the the first verse. We come into the chorus, which says, "The ice age ice is coming. Age the coming. sun's zooming, Sun in. zooming in. Meltdown expected. Meltdown. The wheat is growing thin." So apparently, in the '70s, they were worried about global cooling. Um, you talking about the Ice Age thing? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I know there have been a lot of, like, ecological disaster things throughout throughout the ages. When was, uh, when was the ozone layer thing? Was that the, like, 80s? Was that later? Um, yeah, I think that's the hairspray? Later. Uh, I got a, I got a cool Wikipedia article that says global yeah. cooling was a conjecture, especially during the 1970s, of imminent cooling of the Earth, culminating in a period of extensive glaciation. Another ice age. Interesting. Well, I don't know about that. I kind of thought it might be talking about like nuclear winter. Mmm. But that would that would also connect with meltdown expected, which yes. is referring to the Three Mile Island uh, nuclear reactor meltdown. Which I didn't realize that the word meltdown was that was where it came from, like originally, because mm. the most usage I've ever heard of it is about like just a person freaking out, you know? Yeah, having a meltdown. Apparently, that's what it comes from. Um, I think it literally melts through the floor, like a a, a core, like a yeah, because they get really hot. Um, I think that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wheat's growing thin. Engines stop running. Yeah, so that was apparently uh, something. There was like a wheat shortage in going on in the globe at that time, except in apparently the States was doing pretty okay. They often do. Yeah, I mean, they used to often do. I mean, just with the large-scale farming. Right, the food's not yeah. necessarily going to the right place. Now, we missed the sun zooming in, which was apparently right. a, like another, you know, end-of-days end conspiracy theory where uh, uh, the Earth was going to collide with the sun. Just, like, fall right in. Um, I also thought that might... Because, like, end of days, you know, however many millions of years before the sun actually physically expands to, right. to you know, be either too close to the Earth to support life or consume the Earth. Mm -hmm. I think it has to run out of hydrogen first. Right. Something like Can that. we just send it more hydrogen? I mean, you'd think. I don't know what the big deal is. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, but I like that that line stands in direct contrast to the ice ages coming. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's we freezing, in, but also it's way too hot. It's also it's way too hot, and we get this in a uh, in a later verse. This idea of the media kind of 
you know, not telling you everything or telling half truths or having conflicting information or just which constantly which supplying this chaos. This, yeah, fear reasons to be fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the course is basically just a list of terrible things. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, Meltdown expected. The weed is growing thin. Engines stop running. So this uh, apparently refers to uh, two incidences, which there was an energy crisis in 1973 where the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries declared an oil embargo in protest of American support for Israel in the Yom Kippur War, which coincided with a coal miner strike in Britain. So engines stopped running because they, they had no no petrol, as they, as they like to call it out there petrol. in the, the UK. <laughs> Uh, petrol. Petrol, these fucking guys. And then in 1979, there was a, another, there was a oil output decrease due to the Iranian revolution, which caused sort of a panic. So, that's so again, fun. but he's not like afraid. A, like an, yeah, like an end of the world as we know it thing is your cars yeah. can't run anymore and you can't eat bread. And bread's important. Bread's goddamn important. Wheat's pretty important. As we've important. learned in these recent times. If you're not yes. making sourdough at home, what are you doing? <sighs> Watching Netflix, probably. Probably. <laughs> I can tell you this. I haven't made any sourdough. <laughs> uh, I don't even have a starter. No, okay. Neither. But I have so, no fear. But I have no fear. Because London is drowning. I live by the river. Yeah. Um. I So supposedly... The, like, literal side, the idea of London is drowning is, I mean, it's the Thames River, right? That London is yeah. is kind of built around. The way I always heard this line, and I don't think this is right, but is that he was basically saying, like, everything's flooding, and but I'm by the river, so, like, I'll go quick. Like, I won't have to worry about the problems, because I'll be dead. I don't think that's right, but that's how I used to think of it. I think that might be right, though. <laughs> it's definitely one way of looking at it. Um. Yeah. Somebody said the opposite of that because he did. Uh, Joe Strummer did actually live in a in a high rise apartment by the river at this time. Right. And so they were suggesting that because he was in a high rise, he would be fine. But that seems like think... way too much background knowledge for that. Yeah, you it. need to know where Joe Strummer lived in 1979. Like, yeah, fuck like, that. <laughs> I don't uh, think like, so. Is the is the Thames Riverbank known for high rise apartments? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt that. Like, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, this was a common like fear in London was that if the the Thames flooded, that like London would fucking drown. <laughs> And, but no, I th- I feel like that's the only interpretation. He's like, I don't have to worry about all this other shit happening in the world because London's already going down and I am the first to go, whether it be literally because he is by the river or in a, in a sort of classist sense, he like low class, like they were in high debt at the time, the clash. So like, even though they were well right. known, they, they weren't doing so hot. Right. And they're just... They, yeah, yeah, they're part of the the most vulnerable or yeah. more vulnerable parts. Um, and also talked about the idea of drowning, just like drowning in problems, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. And I'm closest to like where the problems are coming. Like, I've got problems. We've all got problems. <laughs> we all got problems. There's problems. The Ice Age is coming. Man, I live by the river. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Gonna go skating on the Thames. Yeah, I think that's, so that's like a big, like, it's very punk rock to be like, well, the world's going to shit, but 
I want to be out of here before any of it really happens. So, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have a conclusion past that. Yeah. Other than that he's like, I'm not afraid. Why be afraid? There's nothing we can do. Is that what he's saying? That seems to be, in, a, in some way, it is very fatalist. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Wow. I mean, I, I wasn't coming into this expecting it to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting more of, like, maybe a rally, but it, it is quite apocalyptic with no real, like, answer. Yeah. I guess that's the feeling. Yeah. Um, which brings us to verse two, London calling to the imitation zone. Forget it, brother. You can go it alone. That line sounds really cool, but I don't know what the imitation zone is supposed to be. Yeah, is this, I like, I googled it. Is it supposed to be about, like, poser culture, which was, you know, a big part of punk rock? Maybe. It seems kind of trite compared to the rest of the song, though. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they do talk about Beatlemania. Oops. It could also over. be because he does, um, if we, we jump down, we skip two lines here, London calling and I don't want to shout, but while we were talking, I saw you nodding out. Is he talking to people who are like pretending to care or not yeah, caring Yeah, or enough? like can't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it's just so much. And, you know, we get that today. There's just so many things to pay attention to. Anytime something new happens, it can be very easy to just say, well, you know, throw it on the pile. like, <laughs> Yeah. And then so forget about be... or forget about everything that happened before sort of thing. It's just it's relentless. Right. So maybe the imitation zone, maybe this whole verse two is a call to the the sort of uh, like numbed people. Are these people who are pretending without doing these pieces? Like, I know there's a lot of shit. Like, I just went through the chorus in the first verse, which right. was like, here's some more bad news. Here's some bad news. Have you heard about this? It's fucking bad. Just like slapping your face. He's like, listen, buddy, you got to fucking do something still. Yeah. And I guess also in the sense that it it's supposed to be kind of imitating this news broadcast. They're calling to the imitation zone. So this idea is people we're talking to are people who are sort of pretending to care about this news yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. yeah because the first one was a call to faraway towns um which is i mean i guess that could be anywhere just like that could be the uk basically faraway towns is just not london essentially right Yeah. yeah and then the imitation zone um and like zones are often used in wartime talk so the imitation zone could be like these people who again are like, oh yeah, we're here in the war, and they're but they're they're not. They're just pretending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for, forget it, brother. You can go it alone, though. Is what trips that up? Then is that to say you don't need these posers, whether they they be people fake caring or uh, you know otherwise, or they're just abandoning people that might be part of the like class thing where they're just leaving people basically behind to die from whatever's going on Mm. but i always is he condemning them he he says uh, is it like forget it brother you can go on to the imitation zone he's saying yeah forget about it you can you go do your own fucking thing you pieces of shit unclear i'm gonna say unclear because i don't really understand the imitation zone thing yeah, I don't so, fully grasp it, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it sounds fucking good. Like yeah. he said, it sounds cool, and when he sings it, you're like, yeah, forget it, brother! Yeah, especially the way he sings it. We'll talk about that more later. Yeah. Uh, um, London which, calling which to the zombies of yeah. death. 
quit holding out and draw another breath. Now, who are the zombies? Who of are death? the zombies? And I mean, the way this is said, I mean, zombies are undead, as we know. Um, but then he's like, "Oh, come on, man, just breathe." <laughs> is there some sort of situation where, like, someone is maybe that's referring to the sort of fatalist attitude you were talking about before? Because mm. acting like a zombie, acting like you're already dead, but then he's like, "No, just, just breathe." Kind of yeah, thing. like you, you're not the dead end of the yet. world hasn't happened yet. Yeah, draw another breath. Like we can still give a shit. Because that would be a little bit more positive. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll accept that. Yeah. I like that. So then he's talking to them, but they're still kind of not paying attention. You know. Yeah. Don't want to shout, shout, but like you're clearly not listening to me. Saw you nodding out. Mm-hmm. That's very British to be polite like that. You're like, yeah. listen, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go above a room voice here. But I saw you're you're falling asleep. So maybe listen to my whatever talk about everything being terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, and some people have said that the nodding out could be a reference to like heavy drug users, heroin, and stuff because they are you know typically not great at staying conscious. True, and it does mention yellowy eyes pretty soon. Yeah, now this is where things get interesting because the line on Genius might not actually be the line. Mm -hmm. So it it says, London calling, see we ain't got no high except for that one with the yellowy eyes. And um, one of the guys in Genius points out, and I checked it out, that the Clash website, uh, the official website, lists the lyrics as we ain't got no hide, like H-Y-D-E. Right, which is possibly a pun on hide as in Jacqueline Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, but also mm-hmm. Hyde Park, which is a location in London. A large park. A large park. And like I'm trying nice to remember area. if there was a uh, protest that went down at Hyde Park in the 70s. I don't have a note on it, but... I don't know. I don't know and about that. Because I know I Bruce would, Springsteen uh, played this song at Hyde Park one time. Mm-hmm. At least. Which, yeah, and that's off. Of, isn't the live album called London Calling? It like is. Live in Hyde Park? Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, but I think if we take that read where it's, we ain't got no hide, it pulls, it's the same, like, joke, basically, or the same metaphor, or whatever you want to call it, as the first verse at the end. Because it's like, we don't have Hyde Park, this nice thing, except for this dude, who I think, an actual reference to Jekyll and Hyde with the yellowy eyes. Because... And yeah, I haven't read Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know if that's how he's described. Yeah, it's been a while since I read it. But there's also the idea of yellowy eyes just being like a symbol of disease because yellowy eyes is caused by... um, Hepatitis? um, The condition is jaundice. 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 Which Which apparently Joe Strummer had in 1978. Yikes. That's rough. And that... And that would be a good, like, I don't know if you're performing that live, and except he says that one, and that one would be him. But yeah, like that one with the yellowy this eyes. me. He's the only hide. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. I don't know what we ain't... I mean, I guess we ain't got no high, again, would be like a 60s reference to drug culture. Yeah, or just but, the idea of a high being like 
feeling positive. Yeah, feeling positives. And then except for that one with the yellowy eyes, uh, I guess, again, Genius says that's a jaundice from hepatitis is a disease commonly seen in intravenous drug abuse. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the other interpretation, if it's high, is like we don't feel good except with heroin. Yeah. That seems but like the- very direct, but. Yeah, either Could one, be. either interpretation, whether it's high or hide, again, depicts that things are awful right now and no longer the, like, quote-unquote, good old days. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got another chorus. Chorus. It's a little um, different. There's one line right. that's different. Instead of engines stop running, they say, a nuclear error. But he says, I have says no error. But he sounds like he's a, I always thought he said era. Era. Era, era, era. As in, as in a, a period of time. Yeah, as in a period of time, which I think also works, but I think it's probably error, as in yeah. referring again to the Three Mile Island accident. Right, which was an error at a mm-hmm. nuclear power plant. Yes. He's still not afraid of it, though. Yeah. And Although I wonder if, because, mm-hmm. like, the solution, like, you stop a meltdown by cooling off the core right yeah by like submerging it in a whole bunch of water that's my understanding mm-hmm. so does that drowning thing have anything to do with it is there something more there that like he's talking about the problems canceling each other out or something uh, right so like even if a nuclear meltdown happens here <clears throat> i'm gonna be underwater where it's safe from nuclear meltdown so like some I'm of these problems still fucked, but <laughs> are canceling each other out like yeah. the ice age is coming the sun zooming in though so that's actually fine a nuclear error, but London's drowning. We're fine. <laughs> so we got we got some water here. Yes, that was actually a big part of the plot of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. Was that I only watched that thing? movie once, many Same. years ago. I watched it only once, but recently. So that's why okay. I remember. <laughs> right, yeah. And they like, because that nuclear reactor is, is it in a sewer? And they, they flood the sewer? Keep it sewer? like under the river. And they just like flooded with river water. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. So yeah, we get the chorus twice. Then we get him saying, "Now get this," which is just ad libbing. I'm pretty yeah, sure. But it's listed as a bridge in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then they do a third verse that's kind of half length. Yeah. So London calling. Yes, I was there too. And you know what they said? Well, some of it was true. London calling at the top of the dial. And after all this. Won't you give me a smile? London calling. Um. So yes, I was there too. This seems to, this seems to be the direct reference to media I was talking about. He seems to say I was there along with the media. That's how I'm interpreting too. And they have said that some of what I witnessed firsthand was true. Yeah. Um. It also kind of sounds like this is looking back on. Like this sounds like after because he's talking about past tense now. Mm-hmm. and obviously addressing the idea that or maybe not obviously i don't know seems to be addressing the idea that not everything you see on the news is totally trustworthy right maybe the ice age wasn't coming or um, something was exaggerated yeah that kind yeah of so yeah it's the murkiness journalists of am i right news information yeah, these fucking journalists <sighs> fucking shit up no they're all right <laughs> but yeah it's again this this 
whole song seems to be directly inspired by Joe Strummer's uh, relationship with the with news at the time with Daily News. And so he's kind of saying, like, I also lived through these times. And, well, some of what they said was true, apparently. Yeah. Also, TVs used to have dials on them. Right. London Calling at the top of the dial. And then after all this, I think referring to all of this apocalyptic, you know, awfulness, he says, won't you give me a smile? Yeah, sounds pretty sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Like. And also seems to like refer to the the world's insistence on particularly Western culture on being like, well, everything's right. normal and sunshiny. Right. Keep it smiling. Keep it smiling. Or I don't know, something's wrong with you. Don't you know? Yeah, don't that you kinda, know that kind of attitude. Exactly. And so then we get to the outro where uh, he says, "I never felt so much alike." Alike, 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 alike. Which apparently in live shows, he says, he would say, I never felt so much like singing the blues. Which, um, a good ending to a song about a lot of awful things. And apparently a direct quote from the first line of Melvin Ensley's Singing the Blues. Popular song from the 50s, recorded by Guy Mitchell. Yeah, which is also, I mean, supposedly in this record, The Clash is getting a lot more sort of American music influences from the blues and stuff like that right because they just finished touring in uh the u.s before this album came out their horizons were broadening just broadening those horizons also uh the second song on the album is brand new cadillac which i believe is a cover of a 50s song hmm a cover you say yeah interesting so yeah there's a bit of a bit of thematic relevance there referencing a 50s song and then jumping into a different 50s song yeah but yeah those are the many words of this song many words all to say shit's fucked bro yeah it's kind of like just like a list of terrible things as i think yeah it's in it's it bears some resemblance to like the end of the world as we know it and also, we didn't start the fire. I was going to say we didn't start enough. the fire, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very different song, but uh, one's, you know, the past and one's the future, but kind of a similar idea, presented in very different ways. Very different ways. And I think this one is way better than Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> way better than we didn't start the fire. And I like Billy Joel. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming back around on Billy Joel a bit. <laughs> but... Yeah, this is a, this is more well done, I think. Yeah. Uh, with that, Alex, let's start talking about instruments and noises and shit. Yeah, let's talk about some noises. So they make a lot of loud noises on this one. Oh, it's punk rock, baby. Yeah, it's punk rock. I mean, the the opening guitar chords that are like punctuated by, well, it's, it's guitar chords and it's it's like the drums hitting, they hitting the kick. Like it's it's all sounds just so aggressive and like yeah and very short and sharp yeah bam 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 and then underneath that we get what Spotify is called a reggae bassline which is doing this doom doodly doom they call it reggae yeah they called it reggae I don't necessarily confirm or deny that it kind of it kind of rules though. Yeah, it's like, fucking sick. <laughs> I mean, not just the the pattern, but like the tone of the bass. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the tone of everything in this song too. Yeah, especially it's very good sounds on this. Yeah, I mean, with the like with the intro part, just even when it's still just guitar and drums, like 
everything's so like so punchy and like it's brief but like it's exactly long enough kind of mm-hmm. yeah it just has it's it's well done yeah it brings you right in there and then yeah and yeah. yeah the sharpness of that guitar and the harsh hit on the drums really starts bringing in that sense of urgency right off the bat right yeah and also like the way the drums are played it kind of has that like sort of marching rhythm Mm-hmm. which kind of feels like revolutionary you know yeah there's like sort of a, a, a militaristic even or it could just be a reference to like well i guess there's less of that in the uk but like police yeah and there, well there's like this unstoppable beat to it right it's like a death yeah, march like it, it keeps going yeah and it's kind of slow it's like kind of half time at the start too but they're still mm-hmm. just like putting all this energy into it yeah and it starts out so high energy but then when we get to the lyrics it builds in intensity briefly mm-hmm. there and then of course you got joe strummer singing like a harsh punk vocals kind of screaming at you a bit yeah, it's definitely has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know exactly how to describe it. But you'd know uh, it if you heard it. Yeah, it's, you know it if you heard it. It's The Clash, baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, London Calling being the, the, the catchphrase that uh, it's got him shouting it and then at least two other guys doing a much smoother rendition of it underneath him. Yeah, they'll join in. And that's like, I mean, it's the name of the song, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like this kind of, we're talking about hooks a lot lately, I feel like. But it's mm-hmm. that's kind of it right there. It's in the verse, interestingly. Yeah. Enough. But that's kind of that. Yeah, it's it's happening. so crucial to this song. It's London calling, London calling. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, please. I, I was, I was going to change talk about the next thing so okay i was gonna say that it's um fuck now i'm losing the thought it's uh yeah it, it it gives that like that sense of just getting like slapped in the face with more news as it like proceeds every stand london like, yeah it just keeps hitting and, and yeah like, you're just constantly it's like a it's like a montage because if they keep starting a new broadcast sort of thing you know Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, you could definitely like, stitch this together as a series of different like London calling and then it's just a TV with like increasingly like harried news reporters is like more shit. Yeah. 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 All right, Ox, take us forward. Right. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about is the, the rhythmic changes between the intro and the verse. It kind of switches to like the shuffle beat. Mm -hmm. Um, which it starts with like triplets and then it becomes swung, but it's kind of, it was kind of unexpected because I didn't really listen to it, but it really has that sound to it. Uh, there's something I think I just read on Wikipedia. They were talking about like after their second album, they started to realize that like their drummer was actually pretty good and like <laughs> got him to do more stuff. They're like, yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff, not just like straight rock beat kind of thing. Yeah. So great way to go, drummer. Way to go. Yeah, and uh, everything kind of changes in the verse a bit, except for the guitar, I think, continues doing the, the sort of stings, right? Um, it doesn't continue through the verse. It Oh, sorry, it does play. Like, it's very, like, distorted kind of, like, strum. Kind of. Right. Yeah. And then once we get to the verse, we get uh, sort of different patterns on everything. 
the guitar does like a it's like a one big note and then two smaller notes follow it right right and then you got got bass is sort of doing like different variations on its standard pattern throughout the song it is it i don't know the bass just kind of rules throughout i I kept like yeah it's just i have all these sections this year i'm like bass it it like really holds (laughs) down the song so way to go bass and then as we we get to the end of the chorus we get a he he says i live by the river and then we get a long guitar sustain yes that like holds out and then the bass kind of does like a descending thing yeah and then there's like a brief like guitar like two notes as it leads right into the next the next verse that's right and then sort of rings out there like you were saying yeah and that's kind of the main like musical pattern like you get some drum rolls and stuff throughout yeah there's um not a whole lot more of the switch there's another section after it does yeah, the chorus yeah it does the chorus again is that the section where he starts uh, apparently imitating a seagull as a seagull it sounds like a bird he kind of starts making the like oh 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 oh, oh, oh yeah yeah which it's around two minutes in i yeah i don't know i guess he's trying to sound like i mean i guess they, do they have seagulls along the thames um i would imagine seems so. reasonable right we have seagulls just all over the place here yeah it's not even a fucking sea there yeah it's like a it's like a river we have a river everybody has a river yeah gotta it have a river. rivers it's the, it's the thing where else would it you put the, the big thing. houses um um yeah I so guess yeah it is, Im- i called it like a solo yeah like it's it's kind of like this musical section because it goes back to like the intro but you get more like guitar feedback and he's making these bird noises that are echoing mm-hmm. and there's just a whole bunch of like feedback and stuff as the drum does kind of like some fills and like flams and stuff Mm-hmm. and there's kind of a guitar solo yeah, it's a lot of like it's not a busy guitar solo by any means. It's a lot of just like droning and like like ringing out. Right. Although supposedly once it gets to the guitar solo, which is more like two oh seven, that's actually just it's reversed, which is a that's fun what trick I've heard. That's yeah. been used since forever, since, since at forever. least Rain by the Beatles, probably longer. Hmm. Yeah, but it is a cool trick and like it's a good sounding solo section. Yeah, I oh, I forget what I should have watched this live version. See, I'm always curious what they do with those those studio tricks because you mm. can't re- you can't play backwards live. You can they just got a do little a solo cassette that, player that they yeah. play that part on, <laughs> and then like records it and then reverses. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, way too much time. But like, you could make a solo that kind of sounded like that. It wouldn't be the same because mm-hmm. couldn't be. Because that's not how sound works. That's not how sound works. Um, but, you know, it could be could have the same like sound to it, more or less. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was curious about that. That is something that is curious, Alex. Yeah. So after curious that, we get the, uh, the like final repetition. We get the final verse, and then we get repetitions of the, you know, London Calling. And then we get the fade out on a like and the SOS Morse code. Yes, you get the dot 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 dash dash dash. Do they do do they repeat the S? 
I feel like it would I be a lot easier sure. to just go SOS, 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 and then someone picks up SOS. I right? think that's probably how they do that it, mean, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Like, beep, 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 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so apparently that uh, SOS is played using the, the guitar pickup, specifically, just, like, doing whatever you need to touch it with to what? get a noise out yeah, of it. Yeah, what do you... I mean... Electromagnets. Yeah. What's their deal? How fucking how do they work, Alex? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's the song. That's the song, baby. It's a cool song. It's a lot of good stuff and it's a lot of like feedback. I guess that's the like punk thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like harsh sounds, but like I mentioned, everything's kinda like reined in just enough that it it all sounds very good. Yeah. Um, and and that rhythm just like keeps you driving throughout. There is like that hectic feel like we were talking about with the like repeated kind of just montage of news. Yeah. And the the music really uh really supports that. Yeah, it's very much there is a good sense of like chaos and doom in this piece. And like how much more punk in the late 70s can you get than that? I don't know, Alex. I don't like, know if it can get more punk. This is that's a that's about it. I mean, now, did you there's a lot the, of punk uh, in the seventies. I don't know, but yeah. Did you watch the music video for this one? Um, I did. Yeah, I did. So, uh, shot by Don Letts, who's the band's videographer. He also was part of the uh, the 1984 band Big Audio Dynamite with Mick Jones. Um, he's done several documentaries and music videos. This was all shot in a like in a dock slash on a ship. I mean, it looks like, like it. December. It looks cold. Yeah, it was raining. So I've got a quote from Don Letts. He says, now me, I'm a land lover. I can't swim. Um, yeah, it must be him. He's referring to himself in the third person after this. He says, Don Letts does not know that the Thames has a tide. So we put the cameras in a boat, low tide. The cameras are 15 feet too low. I didn't realize that rivers flow, so I thought the camera would be bouncing up and down nicely in front of the pier. But no, the camera keeps drifting away from the bank. <laughs> then it starts to rain. I'm a bit out of my depth here, but I'm going with it, and the Clash are doing their thing. The group doing their thing was all it needed to be a great video. This is a good example of us turning adversity to our advantage. I mean, that kind of seems to be, like, the name of, like, they, kind of two parts of this, because there's the the photo that was, like, almost going to be just, or the person who took it was like, nah, it's not a good photo, but it's, like, the best photo. It's such a good photo. It's so perfect. We have, you know, the benefit of hindsight, but, like. Look at the, have you seen that album photo? Have you seen that yeah, cover art? It's, like it's crazy. It's, it's fucking unreal. It's like mid a guy smashing his guitar or well, bass guitar, I guess. Like Yeah. It's so punk. And it's black and white and it's like kind of grainy. Now this video is also and I don't know much about film, but like it's very like ex- exposed it's it's, what is the word well yeah you need a high like iso on this because it like the lights off the docks wouldn't be that good i'm guessing yeah i guess it's a dark environment it does look grainy on account of like not having a a lot of light is it saturated is that the word i'm looking for no maybe like in the certain parts of it it would be because you would have like strong light in some parts and then a lot of darkness around it 
Right, but like it has this like really old school look to it. Just because I don't know, it's old. Yeah, I, it's, it is old and shot in the night, so it's like a little bit grainier. And it's yeah, you like get this rain fucking pouring down, and it really is a simple music video. We start with an establishing shot of fucking Big Ben, and then we yeah. cut to probably Where are we? Joe Strummer, Big or Ben Mick Jones, <laughs> Big Ben, Tower. and we fucking follow one of the guys walking and then running to get to this ship, and then they just they just fucking play. On like a boat or a dock or whatever. Is it a I think, pier? I feel like it is a boat and a dock, but I might be wrong. It might just be a pier. Yeah, and they just like perform the song. So it it's cool looking. I like at the beginning when they're all just like swaying back and forth. It's yeah. like twenty seconds in and they're just like mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Anyway. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Very simple music video, but like even like Don Lett says, like it's it's good, particularly because some of the, the mishaps, like the rain. Right. Made it feel a little bit more like, I don't know, more interesting than just some guys performing on a boat. Yeah. With a stationary camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it looks cool. But there's not a whole lot to it. No. It's cool. It's a, it's a good performance. That's that's the Clash London calling, baby. Yeah. Um, Alex, let's start talking about some cover versions. Yeah, let's talk about some covers. We're gonna jump to 1995 with Captain Tractor. London calling to the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. London calling to the underworld. Come out of the cupboards, you boys and girls. London calling. Now- Captain Tractor. The group that's actually from Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for a while. This album is called East of Edson. Edson is a small town in western Alberta, which is about halfway between the BC border and Edmonton. Okay. So east of Edson is where Edmonton is. Edmonton is. Gotcha. Um, Edson is a very small town of about 8,500 people. So there's not much else to say about that, but it's pretty small. Yeah, I don't even so think these it's a town have a, like an air of comedy uh, about them. So maybe that's even present in that title, because like rather than saying Edmonton, you're like, oh yeah, it's east of Edson. Right. Yeah. It's the th- the thing that people wouldn't know about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. They kind of have sort of this rural Alberta thing going on, which is yeah. where they're sort of from. I mean, they're from Edmonton, I think, but. Yeah, they were anyway. uh, called a, like a Celtic rock group. A uh, similar artist it said was like Great Big C and some other fucking places. I mean, some other fucking bands. Yeah, basically they have a mandolin player. Yeah. And an accordion player. Both yeah, important. Which, which, yeah, very important. So we do we open with the mandolin? Yes, the mandolin is playing those opening chords. Yeah. Um... And faster then, than the original, they're coming. They're much closer together. Yeah, and then they come then, in with hmm. um, some drums, but also the accordion playing the bass line. Yeah, much it sounds. It sounds very rich on that accordion. Of course, it yeah, is much higher. Yeah, the whole thing kind of is because like the drums are are playing like hi hat. They're not real. They're not. There's no like kick. So it's not right. like the original where you got this like deep 
bassy sound it's all very like higher frequency yeah and there is a bass playing the bass line too but it is mixed very low yeah which is unfortunate i think a lot of a lot of tracks kind of ignore the bass or let it drift into the background and this is a Mm -hmm. and i'm sure sometimes that's fine but this is definitely a case of not doing that being a good thing or i mean in the original yeah bringing something else to the to the song Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're still doing the same line yeah they kind of stick with the same instrumentation until we hit the actual lyrics and of course, uh, we get another. Is that a second mandolin that also starts mirroring the bass line during that intro? Um, maybe I don't know. Like around twenty six. Oh, you mean the like fast strumming? Yeah, that very fast strumming. Yes, I do think that is another mandolin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like it's following it, but it like instead of holding or or a note, it'll just like strum fast, mm-hmm. like you do with a mandolin. Like you do with the mandolin. So then we get to the uh, verse, and things kind of like break down to like a polka kind of rhythm. I guess also kind of countryish, but. You know, yeah, like they kind of get the. I mean, the original kind of had like a a backbeat rhythm there too, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing, like really accenting the backbeat. Right. Where are we? Oh, I've totally scrolled past the song. Sorry, I was reading the wrong God. notes. But the backbeat no thing worries. is still valid. It's like almost a skank. Yeah, Al- almost. almost. I don't know what would make it a skank, but I feel like this is... I'm not telling you this is reggae. I would never do that to you. Mm-hmm. But it's got that, it's got that rhythm. It's, it's approaching reggae. It's, uh... Yeah, so the, the verse, big emphasis on the dude's vocals. The instruments just kind of support it. Uh, you get the backup vocals on the London Calling. That's sort of the vocal verse structure. Yeah. I mean, they don't change a whole lot in this one. Although mm-hmm. later on is when um, an electric guitar comes in. That's not till the chorus. Yeah. So we hit that gu- chorus, and then everybody starts singing, right? We get a, a backup vocal consistently throughout it. Yeah, sort of get this like group singing, like bar band kind of vibe going on, which kind of makes sense considering these guys are mostly like rural Alberta based. Yeah, or, that's or kind of their vibe. Is like their a, vibe is rural Alberta, but they're like you know, they're not huge. They're, yeah, I I can't say anything specific. They about got them. they got pub band energy. That's they do. That's what this is. They it it feels like something energy. everybody in a small town pub would sing together. Yeah, because these fucking along. boys are back again because they're there every fucking week. Because we all know the lyrics. Hmm. At least the chorus. Um. Yeah, and that, the electric guitar comes in with some down. On the yeah, it's chorus. sustained notes, and uh, they kind of like the next parts. The second verse seem to be the same as the first to me. Yeah, I believe it is. I forgot to mention the tambourine that hits Ooh, in yes. both the verses. It's just a little. Tss-tss. Yeah, just playing along with the drums. Yeah, and we do get like a an instrumental break between the the chorus and verse, but it's all very it's just like 
You're right. I missed that again. part. It's like it's that and, bass line with the yeah, mandolin. With the mandolin. And and just before that, they do uh they really emphasize the live by the river. I believe they do three like clear notes, like a tune tune tune. I believe you. Like you believe me. Sorry, I'm trying to get a timestamp. Okay, One twelve. And I dun 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 live by the river. Might be four beats. Sorry, I was I had a I'm I had a vest on and now I'm all sweaty and I'm trying to not be. Dog, I'm already regretting wearing pants for this recording. It gets Ooh, so fucking sweaty in here without a window did open. Not. <sighs> I have opened the door for airflow. It's all good. We'll cool it off Ooh. in here. It's usually so cold in here. Oh, anyway. Oh. That's Oof. That's real life. Real life. That is real life. Knocking. So it's the second verse, like you said, very similar. I don't think there's actually any differences. The next big difference I note is the end of the second chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big the big time break between I and Live by the River. And then it, I thought I'd do a time break in the show, too, just to, you know, demonstrate Emphasize that. what it's yeah. like. Um, everything cuts out. There's silence, basically. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. And then he does the live by the river line, but like holds. Live by the river. And then as that's being held, they come back in with those mandolin chords. Yeah. And then we get some like, I don't know what she would call it. It's like pub, like sing along with this pub, like pub acapella. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're doing the bass part vocally. Yeah, and then there's some like oi 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 shouting mm-hmm. going on. So yeah, very like live atmosphere vibe going on. Like this would be fun to participate in. I think. Yeah, and as we get into the last minute, the drums start going wild with some alternative percussion. We get these big like industrial crashes along with some little like hidden like I don't know like tin cans or something like a triangle right it's got a lot of that that kind of sound to it kind of like metallic strikes Mm-hmm. like not tuned metallic strikes though yeah just like hitting shit that was around yeah which it fits in with the vibe it does yeah and then our, our outro on this one is about the last 30 seconds it's just the group vocals singing london calling as the instruments kind of wild out. So, like, overall, I think these guys, yeah, take the energy of the original and put it into a a sort of, like, pub. Like, we all know the song, We Love It Context, with a bit of that rural Alberta vibe. Yeah, I, it does have that feel to it. Um... And a real emphasis on that bass line. They really keyed in on that as being integral to the song. Yes, but interestingly enough, not on the bass. Yeah, not on the bass, but on just about everything else. So move away from the bass sound, but not a move away from the bass line. Um, and that's kind of this one. It, it seems more made for a live environment. Mm-hmm. I would agree with which that. Which seems to be kind of more their focus. Because I don't think they're making a ton off record sales. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they seem to be doing okay for themselves. I mean, they seem to be doing fine, but I don't think they could just coast on record sales is what I'm saying. Fair. I don't know what it was like in 1995, though. Speaking of this is not bands Nirvana, who probably can't so. coast on record sales, <laughs> it's the NC-13s and also 1995. London calling to the faraway town The world's declared About to come down 
1995. The NC-13s. Uh, so their name seems to be based on the the NC-17 uh, rating for films, I'm assuming. Um, maybe they're, they're from North Carolina. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I couldn't know. find fucking anything um, on these guys. I'm just assuming that their name uh, is that. Uh, implying that that they are too much for oh, hang on, young children. Facebook page. Um, this page isn't available. Okay, that was a good end. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, so there people listen in Doylestown, the United States. I don't know where that is. Philadelphia in the U.S. Arlington in the U.S. and uh, Camden, Great Britain, and Richmond, Great Britain. Hmm. I'm assuming that's what GB stands for. Yeah, that's probably fair. So if you're on Spotify, you might have discovered these guys on the London Calling remastered the Clash playlist by Jake Cressy. So, you know, fun like, fact. Uh, <laughs> um, that's always my favorite is when we're the the source that people will find it through. Discovered on, yeah, we li- we're not listed there, but there are two listeners here, so should be. Anyway, should be. um, or is that what you discovered it on? Ooh, maybe. So it's just us that would see that. But for other ones, it lists other playlists. And I haven't technically haven't listened, listened to those to? ones. Okay. That makes sense. Anyway, this version. What about it? Um, so it's off a tribute album called Backlash, and the album itself has like it's like a neon sign almost, but the the letters that don't spell Clash are like faded out. Right. So it just spells Clash. So that's um, they're a punk ska cool. band with some hardcore thrown in. It's uh, we get really hard guitar off the bat here. Yeah, it's well f- that, and it's like faster, but it's definitely got that like more like distorted sound yeah leaning towards a more modern distortion with with maybe an emphasis on hardcore i really wouldn't know how to point out the hardcore in this song but apparently they have hardcore influences i believe it uh it definitely i'd say sonically there's a little bit less restraint in terms Mm. of their sound um which is probably what they're just going for. Um, but definitely faster, because they're like mm-hmm. really going on this one. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, and those drums really like to hit on the on the crash and stuff. They like to go like, bam, bam, and hit a little more fills in between notes. They're not quite content with just a, a solid heavy march. Yeah, um, and they keep a lot of stuff from the original. Yeah, um, it's still pretty faithful. Pretty faithful, like... Once they get to the verse, still there's like the the drums are still kind of doing like a shuffle thing, but they're playing like a faster um, triplets on the on the symbol there, and then mm. it sort of stops partway through. Yeah, like it slows down, and I guess that's still just a swing rhythm, but it's a little different, I think, from what was being played originally. Um, and then they have some horns. Yeah, that comes in around the thirty-five second mark, uh, which, which is, is I guess, chorus? the ska influence. Or I guess it's horns in like the back half of the verse. Yeah. Yeah. So they start in on the back half of the verse. Yeah, just like playing like bam, 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 like <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit, and then and then play a little bit more on the chorus. Yeah, and then we got a very high-energy chorus. The drums start really going wild. The horns start letting loose a little more. Some... Yeah, like, I'd believe this was a double kick. Yeah. If you told me it was, I'd believe you. I'd, it's a double kick, Alex. 
Oh, really? Wow. I believe you. Yeah, there you go. Um, we still get those like sustained guitar notes taking us out of the latter half of the chorus. Um, his voice. Let's talk about his voice for a minute. Alex. I was just going to talk about his voice. Talk about yeah. his voice first. Um, it's like this kind of weird talk singing. Yeah, it's just kind of like that silly like, like punk thing like that you get in like punk and pop punk where it's definitely not trying to be like sound pretty, like sound nice. Yeah, they sort of like, like add this extra like inflection on so it sounds kind of almost sarcastic like all the time. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean like a lot of going up and down. Wow, we were talking. Yeah, so like no one is gonna sing opera like that. Yeah. For a reason. But they don't wanna sound like that. They don't wanna sound nice because they're a punk band and that's what you do. Exactly. So yeah. And then uh I guess the next big thing is sort of the the end of the second chorus. The second chorus itself has a lot of drums going on. And then we get to the... Uh, it's like a big drum roll going on. Drum solo, basically. And then we get them making like animal-like noises. Yeah, it's a lot of animal sounds. <laughs> Just like wild whatever sound. You know? Wild whatever's... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa. And like it's almost like, like apes, and, and then there's just yeah. like manic laughter mixed in there. Yeah, laughter definitely. So it's all over the place, Re- kind of replacing the, I guess, seagull sounds. Mm-hmm. And like it, it fits, I guess. Yeah, they've made as a real as, effort on this yeah. track to be like bigger than the original. Yeah, it's like faster. The drums are really trying to go for like some speed. Mm-hmm. And like a lot, like some big heavy drum noises in that speed with the the cackling section. They're like basically trying to double up on what happens in the Clash's version, and they add horns in. Yeah, which the horns are a little odd. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the horns. I don't know if they're the best fit. They're not like. We've had worse use of horns in cover songs. Yeah, they're fine. I was a little surprised because I didn't notice them at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, and they don't like do that much. I feel like they don't add that much to it. Yeah, they're almost neutral in their yeah. total additions to the song. Yeah, and they're not like a great horn sound or anything. No. But anyway, maybe that's just personal preference. Uh, this song, version also has some oys. Once in yep. the final verse, they have the oi, 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 shouting. And there's also still some horns at that part. Yeah. Um, And then we get the fade out with Morse code and some guitar. Yes, they do some Morse code. Um, The fade out in the original, we've talked about Coward's fade outs. This is a very good fade out um, in the original. Uh, so yeah. Doing that, I mean, it's a good thing. So. Yeah, it's it's a very intentional like non-resolution. Yeah, exactly. Um and it fits thematically. So Yeah. It works. Uh yeah, so overall I'd say they just tried to do I guess a little more like hardcore like updated punk version of the time. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's faster and it has more of like a compressed sound and it feels a little bit less 
like polished. I think on purpose though. Yeah. I think these guys achieved what they set out to do. And I think uh like like in a, a live context or in a tribute album, like it'd be fine. Like I didn't I didn't hate this version at all. I thought it had some good bits and pieces here and there, but I don't think it's gonna touch the original. Yeah, I mean if you're a big fan of this sound, maybe this is for you. I don't know. If not, maybe this next one is maybe, for you, but maybe I is. hope not. <laughs> um we got Prozac for Lovers in two thousand one. Not Prozac, the uh, the Canadian duo animation band who have recently retired, but um, I couldn't find a lot in these guys. I think no, it's the, some dude named Bruce Lash. His name kept coming up in Bruce searches Lash. I did for it. Are they like seem- Brazilian or something? Because this kind of has like a bossa nova sound to it. Okay, maybe. He seems to be... No, if if this is Bruce Lash, he was working in a uh, Chicago post-production house mixing TV and radio commercials. All right, well, this is neither TV nor a radio commercial. No, but it is. Um, it's this. It's fucking... <laughs> also, isn't this how Prozac spells their name, like with a K? Um, yeah, the Prozac has two Z's, though. Oh, right, right, right. Anyway, neither one spells it like the actual drug, which spelled a C. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And nobody calls it Fluxetine, which is the generic name for Prozac. Nobody wants to talk about Fluxetine. Um, so this is, like, elevator music slash bossa nova, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of got that, like, bossa-style beat. It's like, I... Like j- smooth jazz bossa nova thing going on. There's like some chimes going on, um, okay. and like the guitars is just like soft. Like I don't know if it's a nylon string guitar or whatever, but like it's very j- like gentle guitar. Yeah, and everything this, is very gentle in yeah. this version. And like this really like chimey electric piano just playing chords. So a lot of it is different. It's just got that like jazz thing going on where you like put the rhythm and play chords kind of thing. Right. You know, or play with the chords. So the DNA of the original song, like the structure's there, but like musically it's very different because they're not playing like repeated hard chords or anything like that. It's just no. like, bam, bam, like as they sing. Yeah, because the main like rhythm in this is a, a hand drumming, like a. Yes, that's the other thing is the rhythm is not, doesn't seem to be on a kit. No. But. I, it seems kind of bossa nova to me. Not a super expert, but that's what I'm leaning towards. I'll allow it, Alex. You um, are a super expert. Super expert. I'm super and an expert. And Not, an expert. Neither one of those refers to this thing specifically, but I'll take it. Um, This fucking... They're, they're singing on this, it's Alex. It's a duet. It's, it's a duet in that there's yeah. two people singing together. Mostly. Sometimes the woman drops out. True, and sometimes they do this, like, harmonization thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. where one goes up and one goes down, and they make chords or whatever. I don't think right. it sounds very good. No, I did not like the singing on this. Um, it's very sedated. It's about, it's just a little yeah. too loud to be ASMR. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not vibrating my spine or whatever's supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, whatever's supposed to happen. 
yeah, supposedly you watch these ASMR videos and your spine's supposed to vibrate or something. I just feel really uncomfortable. Is that yeah. your reaction? Anyway, I yeah, feel like... I, I like I get worried when I listen to them because I'm like trying <laughs> is, to find out what's supposed to happen. Wrong <laughs> with you? I don't know. Um, so an organ comes in for a bit, but it's kind of the same thing. It's just playing chords, you know, like along with the rhythm. Um, yeah. And the chords, like when it's a chorus, the chords are longer. Like whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, that's what you do. Um, he you says, said "There's chimes." He says, "Are you gonna hang on? No, you go ahead. I think I know what you're gonna say." Oh, when he says, "Now get this." <laughs> oh no, not this. What does he do when he says, "Now get this"? It's just like, "Now get this." Like it's, it's so sedated. I mean, the ar- artwork, the album artwork. Is a martini with pills in it called Prozac yeah. for Lovers. So it's, it's kind of the sound. The sound is we just had some drinks and and took some, I guess, downers. Downers, yeah. And in then an we decided though. to try to make some music in an elevator. Yeah, it's what I thought you were going to pick up is when he says London is drowning. They, they do say some things weird like the tr- truncheon. He says like trungeon. Like it's there's some strange pronunciations in this version too. Yeah. Um did I think these guys were French? Oh right, I asked if they were Brazilian. You asked anyway. if they were Brazilian. Uh which uh, I don't know. Um there's like a little EP solo kind of near the end. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's stuff in this version. I but I get the idea that like Yeah, like we said, they're not like that great at singing. <laughs> No. Um, it sounds very background music. The one thing that they don't quite get to, um, but it almost seems like this like robotic, like sinister tone, but they definitely don't get there. Like I feel like that would be one way of doing it. Like a you know, robot uprising type po- apocalypse, but uh they don't quite get there. Yeah, no. I also don't, don't think that's what they're going for. No, they're not trying to be unsettling, they're just trying no. to I don't know, muster something out of their weird cocktail. Yeah, they don't go quite ASMR enough for this being no. settling. This version sucks. Let's talk about Dubmatics featuring Don Letts and Dan Donovan in 2009. So we kind of talked about Don Letts already. He's uh, He was the videographer for The Clash, who also oh. went on to work with Big Audio Dynamite, which was Mick Jones' like solo project. Right. Um, Dan Donovan, I'm assuming, is the keyboardist for Big Audio Dynamite. That was one of the Dan Donovans I found online, and it seems like the most logical. Uh, Dub Maddox is a Canadian composer, producer, and multi-instrumentalist. He is super white. Dub Maddox's. Mm-hmm. Who sings on this? I'm guessing Dawn Letts. Okay. I forgot to look up the members of this one. No worries. If you go to uh, the About page for Dub Maddox, you can get a picture of this. Oh, yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, okay, Dub Maddox. I see where this is going. And <laughs> it's like the whitest dude. I'm like, no, okay. Nope, not what I was expecting. 
uh, yeah, but I guess this one is like, I don't know much about the genre dub, specifically how it relates to the genre reggae. Um, but this one's kind of reggae. Yeah, it's very much like if you thought that The Clash didn't go reggae enough on London Calling, which I could understand because I don't think it's actually that reggae. No, this there's a backbeat rhythm, problem. and that's pretty much what it's got. This one's got legit skanking. So dub is the genre of electronic music that grew out of reggae in the late 1960s yeah, and early 1970s. Anyway, this has definitely got that a little more electronic. Yeah. And a very, very reggae-sounding vocals. Yeah, which is why I was thrown off by who is involved in this, and I'm a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. But well, there's... Don Letts is black. Oh, uh, that's who... Okay, I don't... I didn't look at Sorry, I, I assume everybody does the same research I do, but yeah, he, he is a black man. Don Letts. Okay, I see. Don Letts. He's British. He's born in London. Reggae fusion. All right. Okay. That makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you got it now? <laughs> yep, I'm on board. I'm on yeah, board. Yeah, this isn't, uh, who is it, Tom Hanks' kid that was doing a reggae voice at reward shows a while back? Was it at a time when that was acceptable? Uh, it was oh. like last year, I think. So, so no. no. Oh, boy. <laughs> By a reggae voice, of course, I mean a Jamaican voice. I'm right. sorry. That Jamaican accent. That probably racist. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know, man. So yeah, we get that skanky rhythm. Uh, bass is mixed nice and low. It's got it's got a sort of reggae tone to it. Yeah, it's like like the bass. It's very different from the bass in the original, but mm-hmm. it's still like more noticeable, which is a good feature to have. Yeah, I like that. Um, and the stings at the start of the song are sort of they kind of overlap each other. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, real. they're. Like it's kind of like has a front and back. Like it's like bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. It's almost like has an echo, but it's like a second beat. Yeah, and that's that's neato. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like there's some other that like I guess dub stuff going on. There's like some horn stuff, and I'm gonna be honest. I didn't go into a lot of detail with the instrumentation on this. It, I was having trouble because it seemed very dense. Yeah, it's dense. There is a lot of like electronic back work going on. We get synths coming in and filling a little role, and then kind of leaving. So it was hard to really nail things down as being certain pieces. Yeah, but there is some, I guess, rapping. What you call it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's I, uh, maybe it's that rapping? it's it's electronic reggae singing. Maybe this is dub vocals. So we actually clear, um, I think the song itself. Like uh, in about two and a half minutes, we've covered pretty much all of the lyrics of the original. And then they do some like boop 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 sounds. Yeah, we get like a kind of like instrumental yeah. bit, and then we get some original lyrics, which. And almost my a Patti God. Smith style seem to my kind of God. expand upon the original. Yeah, it's expanding and also just like kind of incorporates directly the, I think, the mm-hmm. last verse? Final verse? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so he says a bunch of words. Um, I didn't make out all the words, but it is something like, don't make it stop. Let's start from the top. So, didn't get that word. 
can see, say. Mm. Did you get these words? No, I actually was lazy this week. I was okay. like, oh, fuck it, it's three minutes. <laughs> Climate and change and things rearranged so no one can agree. With a flick of a knife, you could lose your life and no one would see or say again. Um, there's trouble and strife. You count on your wife. It's redundancy. Are you, you counting your wife? I, again. Don't know all the words. Uh, politicians mm. are crooks and they're cooking the books, but they cannot hide. Don't make no sense to sit on the fence. You have to decide. The culture is lame and fame is the game about celebrity. Celebrity. Kind of says it like that. Bling mm-hmm. is the thing, but it says it like ting because, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Accent, I guess. Um, but truncheon a swing in this century. So there's that truncheon reference. Uh, right. Respect and trust has been the death for woman and man. Got to get wise and open your eyes and do what you can. At the top of the dial, will you give me a smile and draw another breath? When battle comes down all over this town, the zombies of death. So, yeah. they mm, Right. He kind of encompasses yeah. all of the verses in that last one. Yeah, they kind of like use other lyrics. And they already yeah. rhyme because it's already a song that rhymes. Exactly. Boom. Yeah, and there's mentions of like corrupt politicians. There seems to be a lot of calls to action in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like a lot of stuff in here. He's talking about like... The way we treat celebrities and like don't trust politicians and something about redundancy in your wife. Yeah, your wife is redundant. And like life is temporary. It's easy to die. And like also climate change. There's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. in there. Cover a lot of ground. Yeah, kind of like a 2009 update being like shit's still bad. Here's some things. Just so you know. Also, interesting that's from Don Letts, who was someone who was kind of around at the time mm-hmm. of the original when it was being created, which I didn't realize because I forgot to look them up. Yeah. I guess well, I was too go. busy transcribing it. Uh, yeah, at least you did that. Yeah. That's why and, it makes such a great team. Yeah, because when one of us forgets to do something, the other one <laughs> might not forget to do that. Um, and then they, there's like some kind of distorted electronic sounds and like some pew pew like lasers. Yeah. And also what sounds like a distorted kind of guitar doing like a bram, 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 bram. Yeah. And then they just repeat London Calling. And there's like some kind of like weird industrial type sounds later on where you get the big like metallic drummy stuff and like. Yeah. And then eventually at the end, we come to a sort of uh, like imitation of that SOS Morse code, right? Um, yeah, like 510. Yeah, where they're doing like the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of like... It kind of sounds like the original, like the Morse code, but then like you just put it through a thing to kind of like... I guess modulate it to make it go like... Wee, 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 wee. But it's already mm. doing that, so it just kind of like creates a new rhythm. Yeah. This one was, uh, like, I think it was a pretty well-produced take. It was, It's the longest version we're talking about today. Yes, it was interesting. Yeah, I was worried. Once we once we reached the end of, like, <laughs> the, the standard lyrics, I was like, where the fuck are they going to go for the next three minutes of this song? I think they did okay. Yeah, it was, it was not, but it was, I found it a little bit hard to dig into. As I mentioned, there's some, like, density there that mm-hmm. didn't quite jive with whatever <laughs> my brain at the time, I guess. But, like, I didn't dislike it. It's not like... Some of them where I'll get bored or something. 
yeah, it's like there was a lot going on, and but it all seemed to work very well together. And I was just like, well, I I don't want to be like. And there's this beep boop sound, and then this one's kind of like a like a train that goes like whatever, like listing out all these strange noises because it would just be too much. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff there. So yeah, it's a rich background on this. Um, good rhythm. Uh, way to go, everyone, on this one. Let's talk about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band featuring Tom Morello in the year 2010. Yeah, I guess this was some sort of um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. Yeah, technically um, 2009. It took place on right. October 29th and 30th at Manassas Square Garden, celebrating the, the 25th God. anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it had like Rock and Roll Hall of Famers essentially playing Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songs, sometimes their own, sometimes, sometimes others, and other playing peoples. them with other Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Yeah, this is concert cool. is apparently responsible for Lou Reed and Metallica getting together. Because they played together? Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, having watched the the video of this, I think I saw a video of them performing together. Did we do that as a song, or did I just watch it when I was doing research? I don't remember. Maybe now. we haven't covered any any Metallica. I don't think we've ever touched on Metallica on the podcast. Not Metallica. Right? <laughs> I watched a video anyway, a while ago, and I think it was this same like theater, because watching mm. this video, it looked like that. So now that makes sense. Now that makes sense. Um, so Tom Morello is from Rage Against the Machine, a politically charged rock band, who y'all may be familiar with, Bulls on Parade. Yeah, and, they've uh, been kind of in the news a little bit lately. Yeah, because apparently a bunch of conservatives were the big fans until they found out it was political. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which come on. <laughs> I mean, it's Rage Against the Machine. It's it's in the name. It's in the name. It's in the name, people. <laughs> So, as we mentioned way back, still in this episode, but, like, near the beginning, uh, Bruce Springsteen does play this song in his set sometimes on his own, but here he's just joined by Tom Morello. Um, When he strums those opening chords, he looks like he's going to, like, dislocate his elbow. It's crazy. He's hitting them so hard. Okay, I got to pull up the video for this because I didn't actually watch it. Okay, because, like, he is going, man. He does it in both the live recordings I watched, the the Hyde Park one and the Madison Square Garden one. Okay. But he just, like, he, like, strums through the guitar. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, so this one is very uh, straightforward. So if you've ever heard a Rage Against the Machine song, you're probably familiar with what tom morello's guitar sounds like yeah which is interesting yeah i mean watching mm-hmm. the video he's doing some neat stuff he's like he has a solo later on um he he's like messing with his guitar tuning when he's playing uh at one point he disconnects the cable and starts to just like hit it against the strings right so some some neat stuff going on. He also sings part of a verse. He sings mm-hmm. like the first half of the second verse, and then Stephen Van Zant comes in and sings the second half. So it's a good mix of everyone on stage kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. He really hammers on that guitar. Yeah, I was, it's, it's wild. <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, when when the camera pulls back, you can see everyone like hitting that same beat, just like all together. It's like it's wild because it's just like this huge coordination of everyone just making it sound like <clears throat> you know, just like this yeah. really big hit. And there's so many people on stage. It's like the whole E Street band. Yeah, which is a massive it's just band. A, a lot of. A lot of a lot of people on stage. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like it's a pretty good version. It's basically just a live version, you know? Like these are meant for concerts. He does a pretty solid live version. Um it's not I guess that interesting if you want to dig into it, but I tend to yeah. not want to on the live ones. But yeah, I'd say that Bruce is he Bruce Springsteen really brings like his vocal performance to this and I was surprised at kinda how easily it slots in. Yeah, he's kind of got that like rougher voice. Really, yeah, but you know, like Americana style as opposed to like British punk. True, true. And he's never had that like. He's never been so much like in like the revolutionary thing, with Bruce Springsteen. But he's still been a little bit. He always focused on like the blue collar thing and more for. Oh, uh, I can't think of. I can't, of, of I can't put words together right now. I'm sorry. That's okay, man. It happens to the best. Of yes. Us. So there's and like also kind of that. To us. Yes. <laughs> uh, bringing that like blue collar rock vibe to it works. Is mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. We talked about some of the like class implications of the song. So. Yeah. So like yeah, in that regards, it is a pretty natural fit for Bruce Springsteen. Um, yeah. At the 150 mark, we get a, what I've called a very Tom Morello guitar solo. And it is. is it is, and it's good. It sounds fucking rad. Um, near the end, we get almost a call and response between Morello's guitar and the, uh, London Calling. So it's like, London Calling. He's like, And then, Absolutely. like, he does, you know, it does, like, a big grand live finishing where Tom Morello just kind of, like, runs up and down the guitar as drums start going wild. Right, yeah, everyone just goes crazy. And then Bruce Springsteen is like, coming up next, Billy Joel. Yeah, and then Billy Joel comes out, which, I mean, it's Madison Square Garden. So if you go to Madison Square Garden, there's a decent chance Billy Joel's there. Yeah, he usually just hangs out there. Yeah, um, he we, starts, he's wild. like the king of Long Island or something. I was like, who's this going to yeah. be if not Billy Joel? And then it was Billy Joel. So Yeah, it was weird listening to this the first time because I hadn't paid attention to what the album was. So it was just playing, right. and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then he's like, coming up next, Billy Joel. I was like, where the fuck are they? Like, <laughs> what concert is this? Just bringing out the big guns. But, yeah, it turns out it was a, a very big deal concert. Yeah, I didn't I didn't check that either, and I was surprised. I was not yeah, expecting so. BJ Big himself. fun version. Not really that not, – not, not earth-shattering in terms of composition or anything, but well done. Um, we're going to move on to Boy Division in 2012. Boy Division, which, as far as I can tell, no relation to Joy Division. Also, no relation to the um, is it My, is Chemical, it My Chemical Romance song of the same name, Boy Division. That's that's correct. So this is a uh, a Hamburg-based project. So it's, it's it's a you know a bunch of hamburgers here. <laughs> um, who like formed a band? They were all from like different bands. Um, I I like started reading their very long history. They started in 1997 and have had a lot of band member changes between then and 2012. Um, but their whole concept was that they were just kind of like a fun party band. So everything that they use 
for their this band had to be able to fit into like one car was like their their goal that's interesting because i don't know it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on well not a lot of stuff this one is like a very fast like distorted version of the song i didn't really think Mm -hmm. of it in terms of like less equipment but yeah but apparently that's why they why the the vocals are done through a megaphone is i guess that was easier to carry around than a a microphone i guess (laughs) well a microphone needs a a stand i suppose a stand sure but also like an audio interface yeah it needs to plug in it needs to be um amplified right whereas a megaphone is its own amplifier (laughs) yeah so that's my guess what's going on there just yes this is a very fast version um richard branson richard Uh, branson's on the track (laughs) sorry i I, I was just scrolled down the don let's wikipedia page and i saw richard branson's name richard branson richard branson anyway not important (laughs) um yeah it's uh we got like two or three guitars at the start here there's like one doing the another one going like a simplified version of the bass line yeah yeah it's definitely this one's also something more so than the captain tractor version like very like trebly yeah it's kind of this like lo-fi sort of thing going on everything's distorted Mm -hmm. um even the drums like i don't know what they're hitting they're very it's very like a sharp sound it must be a drum yeah right it's, it's, take it's up like space. a piece of shit drum kit or like a, yeah. a trash can i mean it's got to be electronic right yeah if maybe. you want to take up less space like drums are going to be one of your biggest takers up of space true yeah i guess you just use like a little drum machine and fucking yeah hit that electronic drums take up way less space. yeah so that's my thought so yeah, it's a little muddy. It's very hard to hear what he's saying. I think after the chorus where he says, I live by the river, he says, shut up afterwards. Yeah, it's hard to understand anything. I mean, in addition to the, distor- the like, I guess, distortion from the uh, megaphone, he like they've got German accents, so there's a little bit different pronunciations there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he says that kind of stuff. I didn't really take note of the differences, but I did notice a few things that were not the same. Yeah. Um, how long is this one? Like, uh, it's like a minute and a half. Seconds. It's yeah. quick. It's quick. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's your lo-fi, like trashy punk version. Kind of fun. Kind of short. Sweet. Yeah. Not much to say about it. No. Um, what do they cut out? I don't remember. There's stuff cut out. They don't do like the yeah, there end. There is stuff cut out. Yeah. Um, they skip the last verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he talks so fast. Like, they cover a lot of ground, especially considering they only do a minute and a half of it. Yeah. Like, they get through a majority of this song. Yeah. So, I guess they won the race. Yeah. Way to go, guys. You did it. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about our last cover act of the day, which is the Beatlesons the in Beatles-sons. 2015. London calling to the faraway towns. No wars declared and battle come down. London calling to the underworld. Come out of the cover. That might not are... be the right pronunciation. Their O actually has like a line through it. Yes. I believe they are Dutch, although I didn't yes. think Dutch. They are from Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. There you go. And they perform what they call trash polka. Polka. 
Oh, they are actually German. Okay, they're German as well. Okay, yeah. So they remind me, like, this reminds me of pirate metal, but, like, minus the metal. It's just piratey. Yeah. They kind of get some, like, distorted guitar later on, but this version is very, like, like, what storytellery? Is there a better word for that? So it's like if uh, instead of having like a rural Alberta pub vibe, you had like a Ren Fair vibe. Yeah, and you mentioned and you mentioned Patty Smith earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were talking about Dubmatics with the other verse, and this one kind of has that feeling too, because it's kind of like almost spoken word for a lot of it. Yeah, kind of singing, kind of spoken word, and it's yeah, very much the, like a female vocalist as well. Yes, and she like really emphasizes some things like she is telling a story and like trying to keep that interest Mm -hmm. you know yeah there's in these intros there's these she gets really big with and this you're like oh yeah it's like it's a story um they also have an accordion yes Um, doing that baseline or like an approximation of it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and that's kind of like the first bit, like the first verse is like just this story with kind of like the accordion playing in the background. And I think like there is an acoustic guitar there as well. Oh, probably. Yes, there is. Yeah, there is. Um, for sure. And then once you get into like the uh, the um, end of the first, like the chorus and then the later verses, they get like, it's like a big electric guitar strum kind of thing as everything comes in and the drums start to do this like. Yeah. Um and yeah, the like the first intro uh verse doesn't have any backup vocals on it because it's very uh they're playing it very down low. Yes, and that it's storyteller like, it's like vibe. That intro to the story and you're drawing everyone in before you get to the big big exciting part. Mm-hmm. Um the other big change in this one that ha- is happening throughout you notice it or I notice it once the drums came in. It's hard to yeah. notice before then, is it, this one feels more like three four to me as opposed to the like shuffle of the original, right? Where you get that like supposedly original yeah. was more like like where it's kind of like triplet swing on the four. This is like straight three four. It sounds like mm-hmm. to me. It's also quite slow, so that could be the reason for that. Um, right, and I'm. And there's so much like specific stuff about rhythm that <laughs> I've had conversations with people. I'm like, but like about like two different rhythms that should be the same because like they reduce to the same fraction, you know? Right. But they're like, no, 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 no. It feels different. And like it, they do, they're right. But I don't, mm. I don't know how to describe why. <laughs> but this yeah, feels, I, I don't fully understand. Feels this like stuff. three, four to me. Rhythm's okay. tough. I'm not even sure we can explain all these things. Rhythm's very, like, primal, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I do know that. Deep part of your brain. Um, so they kind of have this whole... That's, like, kind of the vibe going throughout. Like you were saying, it's got that, like, Ren Fair thing. She's telling this story, but then they bring in, like, the electric guitar. And it's not metal, but it's distorted. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 storytelling is really intense, and that's really on the chorus. Yeah. Which ends with her, you know, screaming about living on the river. Yes. And, 
and all of the instruments have increased in intensity, like that accordion's playing a little higher and harder. The drums have come in, the electric guitars come in. Yeah, there's a lot of intensity here. Um, mm-hmm. Later on, she kind of does like a combination of the like SOS uh, Morse code and the like bird call. Mm. She kind of is like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was actually difficult to do. That hurt a little bit. Yeah, it sounds a bit like it hurt. But yeah, she combines those two, which is a, a pretty neat move. Yeah, so this one, this is an interesting version. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, it's longer, so if you've got the time, I'd say it's worth checking out. Um, yeah, but it is a, also fairly slow. They've so. man- Yeah, it's slow, but they've still managed to get energy in there. It's just, this isn't Prozac for lovers. You know? This is they've not Prozac for lovers. To build a sort of like a structure of high and lows, which works really nicely. Yeah, uh, especially with the like story structure kind of thing they've added to it. There's also mm-hmm. a really good rolled R when she says running. Right. Impressive. I don't have anything else to say about that, but yeah, I'm always impressed by good. rolled R's. This and then at the uh, at 3.50, I'm jumping ahead quite a bit here, yeah. we start getting like some broadcasts mixed in. So we get an actual clip of a guy saying, this is London calling, after some talk about shooting down a Japanese plane, I think. Yeah, I assume something about World War II. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, like old audio of BBC broadcasts, I guess. Kind of mix in that actual thing, actual history, historical, I don't even know what the next word yeah. I should say is. Just keep saying words, Alex, you'll land on something. Dog food. Dog food, that was the word we needed. <laughs> um, yeah, we get a Morse code fade out. Um, there's a guitar solo in the middle of this. You know, it's, it's good. I thought this version did great. Um, yeah, this one has with, like a good atmosphere about it. Mm-hmm. With that, Alex, we're going to jump into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that you would use as a ringtone. Because <laughs> London's calling. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, they can't all be winners. All right, Alex, worst version. Worst version. Um, I mean, it's Prozac for, for lovers. I... Oh, for days. There was, a, there was yeah. a clear-cut worst version in this. So, it's a garbage version. Sorry, um, it's heartless. It's soulless. Yeah. There's, I mean, no, there's nothing good about this one. Yeah, um, nothing else even comes close. Like this is it. No, so, some might fall into like forgettability or just like just kind yeah, of. Yeah, they're not okay, all amazing. But... Some of them are okay. Some of them are decent, but. None of them are this bad. None There's of them are this bad. No contest. With that, Alex, what's the best version of this? What is the best version of this? Um, hmm. I liked a couple of them. I did. Mm-hmm. Other than Prozac for for lovers, I don't think there was any like standout, not great ones. Uh, even beyond you know. Even ignoring terrible, um, what was the what was the best one though? What was the best yeah. one in this moment? Mm-hmm. What was the best one? Uh, 
Do you want me to jump in? I I think I think I think it, I think this was the Beatlesons. I think that was the one for me that like had the most personality, mm-hmm. independent of the original. That also like did a pretty solid job. Yeah, I agree. I that was also what I was yeah. going to choose. I think if we look at some of the the common like the core themes of the original, which is like doom. I think I think the Beatlesons really picks up on that and puts it into this like storyteller con- context. Yeah. Especially with this like like the voice is this like kind of rougher female voice, which mm-hmm. I don't know feels like a storyteller. <laughs> like yeah, and just the way she like relishes in the punchline of living by the river, it's yeah, it really picks up on I think a she lot really of the sells like, it. thematic cues of the original and punches those in their own way. Yeah. And and like honestly, a lot of respectable ones here. I thought I thought Captain Tractor did a good job of making it like a pub piece. I thought uh Dub Maddox really brought it into I guess dub, but you know, like a reggae context very easily. NC13's was not bad. It wasn't that different, but Yeah, they, I thought NC NC13 was like fine, but I I didn't think it was that great. And like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and Tom Morello are fucking musical giants. So <laughs> yeah, I, like, I can't say no. I can't say no to that. <laughs> yeah, and like Boy Division knew to get in and out and be lo-fi about it. Like, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting enough. For sure. But I think the Beatlesons is a standout both in terms of memorability and and like understanding the original and how that could be played in a different context. Yeah, for sure. With that, Alex, which one of these would you make a ringtone and why? Which one of these would I make a ringtone? Some um, of you are still using ringtones in this, the year of our Lord 2020. I know, right? I definitely am not. But which one would be? Um, it's got to be... All, uh, so I'm going to say the Beatlesons again, but specifically the like the bird calls. The, the <laughs> SOS bird calls. It's like... <laughs> Every time your phone rings, it would be awful. Awful. Like changing your ringtone to the sound of turtles having sex. <laughs> uh. Ugh. I think, damn, I think you changed my answer. I was going to go with Prozac <laughs> for lovers just because I hate it. So it would make and, you answer the phone. Yeah, that. And then I just feel like if that came on like during a meeting or anything, it would be the most upsetting. <laughs> just because people would be like, what? Like, why would you do that to London Calling? You're like, oh, shit. London's Calling. If they could even identify what the song was. Exactly. And you'd be like, get a load of this. <laughs> Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey. Calm me down but a I, bit, but also really, yeah. I think on a similar note, I might take the NC-13 specifically for their crazy animal noise part. Because also yeah. that would just be grating. Oh, yeah. Those are definitely good ringtone candidates. Any, like, random sounds. Sudden yeah, random hell sounds. Yeah. Um, those are our opinions. If you got similar opinions, different opinions, or want to talk about a cover version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at some Alex Wise guy. You can also hit us up on our email to ask us questions, comments, or concerns. That's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies about us. Just tell people about us. See what they think. 
Don't you can, don't even have to. You can be. You can do like the truncheon thing and be like, "Hey, you heard about this this cover me thing?" And they're like, "Oh, what the fuck is that?" You're like, "I don't know." These fucking losers talk about cover songs every week. I listen to it ironically. You should too. That's fine. We'll take irony listens. I don't give a shit. I'll take it for sure. Iron, ironic uh, but, participation too. Yeah, fuck it. Ironically mm. participate. Really, really gas us up. Make us feel like we're doing a good job here. Um, now it's time for a bonus segment, which, you know, I have a, a history of always preparing these in advance, and they're always very good, well thought out. Obviously, but, uh, obviously. Yeah, you know, that's obviously, nice. it's a high high standard of quality is what we expect on this show. But uh, this week, I actually have not prepared anything. Shocker, surprise. Hmm. Um, Alex, what are, you, what are you listening to these days? <sighs> what am I listening to these days? Um, I think I mentioned I... I threw on the clash's first album it didn't grip me but i was maybe not in the mood you mm. know um and then something that came up on my um hang on i gotta make sure i'm still recording because i unplugged my phone which was sometimes dumb okay um, um. one thing that came up on my discover weekly was um Carly Rae Jepsen has a new album out. <laughs> okay. I was listening to that. Nice. Yeah. Is it any good? Um, it's, I was kind of bopping along. It's pretty decent. Right some, some good tunes on it. Um, it Dedicated Side B, I believe. is Because she had an album called Dedicated. And mm. it's like, I don't know if it's more of that. Or if it's or like if it remixes just or has, something? It's not remixes, I don't okay. think. Um, maybe just from the same like studio session yeah i don't know um but anyway so that and because it came up on my discover weekly right and the song was called this love isn't crazy and there was another song in my discover weekly that i have now forgotten the name of that um was it release i don't remember anyway it was on a spotify playlist um that had contained the lyric like this is not a crazy love or something Mm. So I was like, oh man, it's the same, but it's completely different. It's just different. Well, isn't songs. there a song called Crazy Love by uh Van Morrison? Yeah. It's not that song. Well, yeah. Don't know what to tell you, Alex. What are you listening to? Um, well, I listened to uh Frank Turner's uh live stream this week where he was doing cover songs. Ah, talked yes. about Towns Van Zant. He did talk about Towns Van Zandt, and I sh- I googled the name. I forgot to listen to him. Yeah, he specifically uh, said that the album he's listened to the most is a live one, live at the Old Quarter, Houston, Texas. So, so how's that? that? Uh, cr- how's that? It's it's good. It's very it's very kind of laid back, like singer songwriter music. He he seems pretty charming. He starts it off with like an announcement telling people where the bathrooms and <laughs> like pay payphones are. <laughs> Um, it's, I haven't, I've just kind of given it a cursory listen. I don't even think I got through the whole thing because it's an hour and a half long. It's like the full concert. Oh, wow. But yeah, it seems very good. Um, obviously I've been listening to some Run the Jewels 4. Of course. And, and you know, that's also very good and very poignant right now. And for some reason I've been listening to the Soft Bulletin by the Flaming Lips. I actually did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? It's, that's it's a, very good. When's that one from? Is that the? That is 1999. 99. Oh yeah, soft bulletin. I know soft bulletin. Yeah. Spider spider bite song. Is that the one? The which song? Spider bite song. Spider spite song. Yes, that's number four on there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like Race for the Prize. It's that that fucking synth line in there is, I think, very nice. That's been me. That's been my musical uh, state of affairs. If you guys want to talk to us about music you've been listening to recently, also I've been listening to the to one specific song from the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, Wind Scene. Wind Scene. Yeah. Interesting. It's that one that goes. I will pretend to know Chrono Trigger songs very well. I for some reason know that one, even though I've barely played that much Chrono Trigger in my life. <laughs> I've technically played Chrono Trigger. But I don't remember well, it very well. Congratulations, Alex. Thank you. So that's what we're listening to. If you want to tell us what you're listening to, just use hashtag CoverMePod and tell us what you're listening to. Yeah. If you want to throw in another miscellaneous hashtag, go for it. Yeah, just, you that. know, make sure we so, know. Exactly. We tell us. Um, tell us about it. Tell us all your crazy dreams. You know? King of Long Island, baby. <laughs> um, shit. I'm just filling for time here so I can... I can... Uh, 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 shit. You can I had what? a line ready. Oh, you trying to remember what your closer was? Yeah. And I've forgotten it now. So I'll tell a quick story about okay. the soft bulletin. It's not a long story. It's a quick one. Sure. Um, when I saw the Flaming Lips, you may remember, it was yes. almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, that's wild. Um, it was... Two years minus one week, because it was the 21st of June. Um, there was a guy who shouted out, play waiting for Superman. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's, that's stuck in my mind for some reason. He really wanted to hear waiting for Superman, uh, which is off the soft bulletin. So. Oh, here. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. I don't here remember if they played waiting for Superman, but I think they probably did. Probably. As we always, this is the end of the show. As we always say on Cover Me. Now don't look to us. Phony Cover Me Mania has bitten the dust. <laughs>